But if you're not capturing the match, shame on you. You need to do that. It, it, there's just no excuse to not do that. But then over and above that, that's a situation by situation thing. So I'm not mad at people if they don't go above and beyond the match. They need to be saving money somewhere else. So I'm not saying don't save. So don't misconstrue that. But it may not be the best solution in your 401k. Welcome to the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast with former professional baseball player and now financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management, Ryan Ledman. This show will help you make the right financial decisions so you can pitch a perfect game in retirement. Here's the wind-up and the delivery. Well, I don't know, Ryan, if you get asked this a lot, but I'm assuming a lot of people try to figure out kind of how they compare with the average American in terms of you know, how they're saving money, what their retirement accounts look like, are they doing well? You know, it's all kind of relative and, and really you don't need to compare yourself to other people. But I think people like trying to get a get a baseline of where they stand and, and where they should be. And today I think this episode is really going to help them because it's all about the, uh, some eye-opening stats about how Americans save. And there's a Vanguard report that we're going to go through and it's got a lot of good data and statistics if you're into that sort of thing. But I think you're going to learn a lot from this episode and, you know, maybe make you feel really good about where you stand. It might make you say, hey, I need to catch up a little bit. But either way, I think this will give you a good look at just kind of how America uh, approaches saving and how we've been doing over the last year or so. So I'm looking forward to this topic quite a bit, Ryan. Yeah, there's some good stats in there. Like you said, very, very eye-opening. And and obviously they're, they're general trends and, and some doesn't apply to, to individuals, but it's still pretty staggering uh, information. And, and you just kind of wonder, why are we doing these things? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll break them all down and, and get some perspective on, you know, if Ryan sees the same thing with the clients he works with in Georgia and, and whether or not, you know, he's concerned about some of these, things are better than normal. Who knows? We're going to run through all those today on the show. Let me remind you too, blackoakam.com is where you can find Ryan, where you can find uh, all the resources he offers, including a retirement rescue toolkit, retirement calculator, also a chance to, to schedule your retirement coach 360 session online there as well. But you can call the office directly too. He's having in-person meetings. He's been doing that for a while, uh, taking all the safety precautions that's needed. But We'll meet with you, meet with you in person, but you can also just talk to him over the phone if you need to. Either way, that number is 470-508-0508. Before we get into all those stats, I want to throw you a getting to know you question, Ryan, right out of the bat. And I like this one. I'm very curious what you're going to say here. But if there's one answer to a question that you could learn about yourself, right, you could ask yourself and get the answer to about something in your future, what would it be? I thought about this and I thought, okay, should this be, should I answer this question like a, a, a deep answer or very surface level? Uh, so I'm actually, the first I'm going to say, uh, if I, if I want to know one question about, it's not really my future, but since I'm a University of Georgia fan, are we ever going to win a <laughs> national title? <laughs> During my lifetime, yes, uh, we won in 1980, but I was three and I don't remember it at all. Uh, so that's kind of the funny surface level one. But if I could really kind of the deeper level question is, uh, it was or am I a good dad? Uh, I think that's for every parent out there. You want your kids to grow up and be better than, than you are. Um, so I think if I could know one question or my two kids um, are going to be quality individuals that contribute to society one day with my guidance. That is a deep one. 
That, that, <laughs> that will get you being very uh, introspective, I think, quite a bit. But <laughs> yeah. I, I like the balance there, though. You got the Georgia one, a <laughs> little light, lighthearted, and then that one with your family. But yeah, that's great. And I, I think the answer to the first one is probably no, Ryan. But I, I, that's just that's coming from an Alabama guy. I'm just, just playing with you there, though. This could yeah, be the that's year. That's true. Who knows? If, if Alabama's got to fall off the map, then maybe we'll win a few. <laughs> uh, but until then, we, yeah, we, the West seems to give us trouble. Yeah, well, things are still pretty strong and pretty healthy in, in Athens, so hopefully this this could be a year that, that things start turning around. But either way, I think the future's still bright with Kirby Smart uh, looking ahead. So I appreciate those answers, and uh, yeah, I, mean, I think we all kind of think about that as parents. Like, hey, am I doing a good job? What's this going to look like down the road? Hopefully I'm doing everything I need to do. We all have yeah, our not- doubts, but you do exactly and, and obviously they make their own choices so there's you can right. be the greatest greatest parent alive and then they're going to make their own uh, own choices and decisions but definitely don't want to steer them in the wrong way <laughs> yeah no doubt well, let's dive into this vanguard report it's called how america saves 2020 it's got a ton of stats in it a lot of findings about americans and how they save for retirement you know i think it goes back through some of 2019 into 2020 so it's it kind of all before the craziness that we've seen so far with the pandemic. But I think it kind of gives you a good idea during a fairly normal time frame, what Americans are doing and some of the behaviors that we are using here as we save and try to plan for retirement. So let's dive into this and kind of pull this apart a little bit. But we're talking about defined contribution plans. So 401ks, 403bs, that type of thing. Data now shows that over 100 million Americans with assets of excess of eight Point eight trillion total up in these defined contribution plans, which sounds like a lot. Uh, what about your client base? Is this something that's pretty much the centerpiece of most retirement plans or every retirement plan that you work on? Generally, yes, because uh, that's kind of the main access that people have to contributing to retirement accounts because obviously that's uh, an employee benefit a lot of times when they do offer a 401k or 403b then it's an additional employee benefit if they offer some type of match so and I know we'll get into the match here in, in a second but that's usually it's it's easy access it's like oh okay yeah I'll do a 401k and they don't think much about it they just put whatever percentage they think about and and don't think much of it so I, I read a funny article about planning on 401ks and most people spend more time planning out their vacations than they do <laughs> when it comes to their 401k which is going to be their their income their meal ticket if you will in in retirement and be able to retire so um but yes generally speaking it's still the lion's share of people's net worth when you take real estate out of it take their primary home out of it because that's a big asset too but as far as cash goes definitely the the defined contribution plan is is the majority Okay. I got a couple of stats I want to throw your way and get your reaction to these. Uh, this first one, 15% of plan participants use a catch-up contribution when it's offered. Yeah, this this one is frustrating uh, for me. So a catch-up contribution is for those of you who don't know out there, when you turn the age of 50, um, since you're getting closer to that retirement age, the uh, federal government allows you to put in catch-up contribution. So it allows you to put in more than what you are allowed for anyone who is under the age of 50. And so in 401k plans, it's an, it's an additional $6,000 uh, or actually 6,500. So it goes up to $26,000 per year is what a employee can put into uh, their plan. If you're under the age of 50, it is 19,500 as of obviously 2020. Those change every single year. So 
if people go back and listen to this, this is probably going to be dated information once we start in 2021. But as that, that's the whole point is you can put more in once you get to the age of 50 and some people don't realize that. And so they put in what they think is the max and then I say, well, no, it's, it's bumped up higher. So not taking advantage of that is a big misstep because that's just extra money you can put uh, toward your retirement. Okay. One in five Americans use a Roth or some sort of after-tax option. That seems kind of low to me. Is that about what you expect? Yes, and I'm going to put partial blame on employers. And so again, I'm, I'm throwing employers under the bus a little bit here, but I think the education to their employees is not very good. So I'm sure there's plenty out there that do a very good job of it. So again, kudos to you who are doing that. But I sit down with a lot of people. We have the big screen here in the in the conference room and we'll pull up people's 401k login accounts and they say, well, no, we don't have access to a Roth 401k. And I said, well, let's just take a look and we pull it up and there it is. It's kind of subdivided into two categories, a pre-tax or post-tax. Post-tax is another term for a Roth. So you can change those percentages. Most people do it all in pre-tax. They don't even do it in Roth. So there's not, there's around 50, actually less than 50% of 401k plans offer a Roth, but please be aware if you have access to that, because if you can put in $26,000 a year in post-tax dollars, and it's never going to be taxed again, that's an unbelievable benefit because if you have an outside Roth IRA, you can only put seven. I mean, that's a substantial difference in putting money into a tax-free bucket, which most people uh, don't have. They have a line share in their taxable bucket or their pre-tax bucket, which is their 401k. So that being said, it's very disappointing. I'm not surprised at that 20% number of people contributing to their Roth um, in their 401k because also too, there's no income limits on that sucker. I mean, if you make good substantial money, you can still contribute to that Roth 401k. If you make over certain income thresholds, you can't actively contribute to a Roth IRA. So there's just so many benefits if you do have a Roth 401k component. And it's not a stupid question if you ask somebody at your work, HR, look in your online login, find out and and see if you do have that Roth component to your retirement plan. It's a huge benefit you're missing out on if you don't check. Yeah, no doubt. And this next stat kind of shows you that most people don't really know or understand what all's in their their uh, contribution plan. But the number of funds on average offered is 17.4. But the average number of funds that are actually being used, 2.4. So help me explain, explain this to me. Like, Is that just because people are just trying to take a simple approach or they just don't know what all's offered? Well, so this is a good good question. I mean, we do 401k plans for companies. So I, I've, I've kind of seen this in a different light, I guess, but having 17.4 options inside your 401k, that's, I mean, that's fine. You don't need an overwhelming amount because if some people have too many options, then they really freeze up and don't know what to pick. Well, this stat actually is that people are still freezing up, even though they have 17 options, they're still going, oh my gosh, I don't know what to pick. So um, I think education from an employer, education from uh, the advisory company that is helping this 401k plan out needs to do a better job uh, to really go through each participant and figure out what's best for them. Because those 2.4 
uh, funds that are normally used in the lion's share of those two funds. One is a stable value fund, which is kind of a conservative portfolio that has a certain rate of return that the company is kind of saying that they will pay out or they use a target date fund. And a target date fund is all those funds that have a year attached to it. So they say, oh, well, I'm going to retire in 2040. So I'm going to pick that target date fund. And so I'm not saying target date funds are bad. They can be a fit for people. I just think people default to them too much and think they're going to be okay. And what people don't realize is those target date funds, depending on what company is providing it, have a completely different idea of what a 2040 fund looks like. So Vanguard's 2040 versus Fidelity versus Schwab versus T. Rowe Price, those numbers, if you unpack what's actually in those funds, completely different risk levels of, of all four of those because there's no standardization of target date funds. Each company has their own opinion on what those look like. So target date funds, hey, they may be a fit, but I don't think they're a fit when people have no idea what to pick and they just pick that and think they're okay. Okay. Let's talk about matching. And a lot of if you're lucky enough, you have an employer that will match uh, contributions up to a certain amount. Look at these stats from 2019. So 34%, so one in three essentially of plan participants did not contribute enough to even meet their employer's match amount. 18% matched it exactly, but didn't contribute anything more. And then 48% contributed more than the employer match, which is actually pretty impressive. Uh, look at these numbers. Is there any reason that 34% that shouldn't be higher. I mean, one in three seems pretty low to not get that match. I mean, how do you guide people on this? Yeah, that's that's a really frustrating number. If you say you can't afford to get all the employer match, that's in so many cases, I don't think that is the case. Uh, they just choose not to, but you're leaving, and I hate saying the word free money. It's not free money. Uh, it is an employer match. It is a cost somewhere. Uh, you have to show up to work, get out of bed, or well, maybe get out of bed and go to your home office now, but you still have to perform. You still have to do a good job and keep your employment. So it's not free. I, I don't like the, oh, it's a free 100% rate of return. I disagree with that, but I get the point. So if you're not getting the full employer match, then shame on you. Uh, it's That's a huge missed opportunity for you to capture all that match. But first off, let's, let's kind of back up a little bit, know what the match is. I sit down with a ton of people. I'm like, okay, what's your match? Uh, I think it's like three or I think it's like four. No, you should know that. And if we, if we don't know that, okay, that's fine. Let's log in and see what that exact match is. Because not all matches are clear cut. You may have to put in, you know, five to get four, or you may have to put in six to get three. I mean, it's not usually dollar for dollar um, with these retirement plans. They can be structured so many different ways. So know what the match is first. Definitely go up to the match. I mean, that this can be a conversation for another day because how the tax structure is now, there's not as much tax benefit to deferring as much pre-tax dollars as you can now and then pull them out in retirement because of the tax code so low right now. I read a, a great article that this is not really the case anymore. I know our last episode, we talked about obsolete information or dated information. Well, the age old um, thing was to put money in when you're working when you're in a higher tax bracket and get the tax break today, retire, be in a lower tax bracket and take that money that we've been deferring and then pay tax on it when we're in a lower tax bracket. Well, that was true in the early 80s when the highest tax bracket was 70%. Well, the highest tax bracket now is 37. 
basically cut in half. So people's working income uh, tax rate is almost the same as it is in retirement. It's just, it's a, it's fascinating. So that's where I, I'm not as against people going over the match and putting money in. Um, that That's a case by case basis. But if you're not capturing the match, shame on you. You need to do that. It, it, there's just no excuse to not do that. But then over and above that, that's a situation by situation thing. So I'm not mad at people if they don't go above and beyond the match. They need to be saving money somewhere else. So I'm not saying don't save. So don't misconstrue that. But it may not be the best solution in your 401k. Gotcha. All right. So let's look at returns, some average rate of returns. I thought this was very interesting from this report too. This is from 2015 to 2019. Here are the uh, the returns by year, starting from 15. 0.4%, 8.3%, 18% in 2017, negative 5.3% in 18, 22.4%. In 2019, who knows what 2020 will look like, but is this a pretty good illustration of just how the market fluctuates so much year to year? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good microcosm. Obviously, five years isn't a long enough data strand to, to look at, but if you look at those years and average them together, you're just under 9% rate of return. I mean, that's almost like the historical average since the market's inception. Now, it depends on what index you're looking at and what, what year you start at, but for the most part, that's kind of the general average. Um, and, and this year's obviously not over. I mean, we've seen huge volatility swings, but we're not too far off our market highs as of the recording of this episode. I mean, we still got, you know, three and a half months or so left in, in the year as the recording of this show. But there's a great study out there and I can't remember who did it. I don't know if it was Dalbar or Vanguard or whoever it was, but it showed the average downturn in a positive year. So if we go from January 1st to December 31st and we have a positive plus year, in returns, um, it shows throughout the year what was the biggest swing. And normally, the market's down between 10 and 14% on average, even during a positive year. So that's where kind of staying the course, rebalancing, and not doing anything silly really pays off in the long run. And I know that's very general advice, but it just holds true. I mean, look at what we're in now people who panicked you know, back in March and April, look at where the market sits. Now, obviously we've had some recent volatility again, which I don't think we're out of the woods yet on that either, but it, it shows staying the course and taking advantage of opportunities and not panicking. It does pay off. Yeah, it does. All right. Um, how about this one? Leaving funds with an old employer is pretty common. I think we see that a lot. You know, you leave a, you leave a job and you just kind of leave your account there and not, and not mess with it. 80% of participants who have been terminated still have their assets with their prior employer. Uh, but that it actually means that 96% of all available assets to distribute or roll over are still inside those defined contribution plans. Uh, what would be the impact if a lot more of those 96%, that number is so huge, of those assets started making their way over to IRAs or Roth IRAs. I think there's a huge planning opportunity being missed by leaving it in your old 401k. Uh, it's one, just from a simplistic standpoint, because people may have two and three and four of these things. And so consolidating those and getting them in IRAs or Roth IRAs is just from a, a simplistic standpoint, having it under one roof. And now some people think, oh, well, I like to diversify by having it in different places. That's not a good argument at all. Because when it's in an IRA, you can diversify by however many funds you want to put in that, that particular account. But from a legacy standpoint, it's just so much easier and cleaner if we know exactly what accounts and where they are at. It's just 
it's a little bit clunky, um, for lack of a better term, getting money out of a 401k in retirement, or if you pass and then passing it on to your beneficiaries, it's it obviously can be done, but it's just a, it's just a little bit more difficult to do, and so you just have more options and more flexibility, and it's simpler if you have it under one roof. So consolidating those, but also too, you're missing out on on opportunities to maybe do Roth conversions over time. So if it's in an IRA, it's your account, and so you can. And over time, slide money from your rollover IRA over to your Roth IRA. Again, we got to pay the tax on that, but we avoid any penalties. You can do as much as you want. And if you can afford to pay the tax bill, let's start sliding that money over to a Roth and we're not at the mercy of what tax rates do. So depending on our next president or our president you know, four presidents from now, I mean, who knows who that's going to be, but we're not at the mercy of what Congress and uh, our president decides to do from a from a taxation standpoint. So let's you just have more options and flexibility when that money is rolled over to an IRA and control. So why leave it with your old old four hundred one k? It it may not have good investment options. It may be more expensive. Usually it is. Usually it's way more expensive keeping it in a four hundred one k. Now that's a case by case basis, but the general study shows that it's more expensive inside a four hundred one k versus an IRA. So planning opportunity, if you do have something that's uh, still lingering from an old employer, look at uh, what you could possibly be doing with that to get a better return and better impact for retirement. All right, our final one, uh, balance strategies. We always talk about diversification. You want to have a balanced approach, right? Well, 76% of participants were deemed to have a balanced strategy, which seems like a pretty good number. I mean, is that, so, is that really the case for people that meet with you that they, have, they come in with a balanced strategy or do you have to work more to get to that point? Yeah, that does. I mean, that general number, I, I kind of agree with, but most people don't realize the amount of risk they are actually taking on. And so what we do is we dump in everybody's funds um, that they have in various accounts, whether it's in Ross or 401ks or 403bs. And we kind of look at, okay, you, you may have 15 different mutual funds, but are 12 of them basically the same uh, because they're just named differently, but they track the same index. And and sometimes people realize that and sometimes people don't. So just because we have a lot of funds, ETFs, mutual funds, or individual stocks, it may be a lot of mirror images of one another, which means we're taking on a whole lot more risk than we think from a volatility standpoint. So having a balanced strategy is a very loose term. Some people may think they do because they you know, have 15 funds and 10 of them are based off the stock market and five of them are based off what bonds are doing. So, but that, that may be correct. That may not be correct. But until you really pull back and see what's inside these, you may not have a balanced strategy. You may have a very aggressive risky strategy, uh, depending on, uh, on how you're allocated from, from a diversification standpoint and what asset classes you are exposed to. And I know that's a lot of nerdy lingo right there, but until you really and truly know what you own and then what accounts you own them in, you don't have a balanced strategy until you know for certain. Well, a lot to unpack from this study, and we'll put it in the show notes. It's Vanguard's How America Saves 2020 report. If you want to dive even deeper than what we've presented you today, and we went through quite a bit of numbers here, but if you want to go even deeper, we'll have that in the show notes. Check that out. You can find it online as well. Blackoakam is the website for Black Oak Asset Management. And again, Ryan can help you with any of these issues. If you want to really evaluate yourself and how you're saving, because you know even if you're maybe average or ahead of the curve. Maybe you're not where you need to be in terms of what your goals are and how much you're going to need in retirement. So you want to sit down and have that conversation and begin planning 
specifically to yourself. So before we close out the show, though, I want to get to a little mailbag question. This comes in from Rose from Birmingham, Ryan. So my hometown, maybe uh, <laughs> maybe somebody I know. I'm not, I'm not quite <laughs> sure. But uh, she asked, I like this question too. Should I be investing differently since we have a national election approaching? No. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> you get? Are you getting this question much? <laughs> yeah, I do, uh, and, and I get it. I understand. It's we have very two very polarizing individuals, and half the country. Again, I'm going to say stereotypically half because that seems to be the the polling totals end up being very marginally one way or the other, north or south of 50%. But half the country is going to be upset. Half the country is going to be happy no matter who gets elected. So there's going to be some people that have knee-jerk reactions. They're going to have pullbacks or people are going to put money in. I mean, every time this stuff is said over and over again, it happened when Trump was elected last time. I'm drawing an absolute blank and help me out with this. The Mavericks owner. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, Mark Cuban. Golly. <laughs> um, Mark Cuban. I mean, he, he like prophesized that the market was going to absolutely plummet and be in disarray and that didn't happen. Um, and, and so these guys who think they're prognosticators, it's just, it doesn't happen. Is there going to be volatility? Yeah. I a hundred percent think there's going to be volatility, but volatility works both ways. It goes up and it goes down. But the statistics show every, and I've researched this because I, this is a very common question. Who's elected doesn't matter. It truly doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things because three months after whoever is elected or reelected, um, it's going to be old news. People are going to get back to their way of life and then it'll be some other news headline. You know, let's, who, who knows? It may be the flu, influenza or, you know, whatever is is happening, there's going to be some other um, headline that the media can prey on. And, and so I tell people, stop listening to the news. I'm not telling you not to become an informed citizen, but my goodness, they prey on the fears of people. And so people thinking that um, the, the market is just going to go sideways, you know, it may for a short period of time, but it's capitalism and it's going to smooth itself out. So the statistics show, historically speaking, the market goes up two out of every three years. So let's call that really close to 70% of the time. Well, each election, the market goes up 71% of the time. So it, it follows the exact same general trend of what just the market does in general. So don't don't buy into the media hype. Um, it's it, There may be some short-term corrections here or there, but it's not going to affect. So keep doing what you're doing, diversify, rebalance, and keep saving money and don't park it on the sidelines because of the election. And isn't that really the reason why you do build a financial plan with, uh, with someone like yourself, Ryan, so that you don't really th worry about these events, right? I mean, you have a plan in place. It kind of will get you through the good and bad times. Absolutely. I, I mean, that's, I hate to sound like a, an, an, like a glowing endorsement. It's not, but that's what we get paid for. We don't have crystal balls. We don't have, uh, we, we can't foresee in the future of what's going to happen this, but it's the education, it's the coaching part, it's having a plan. When people have that stuff in place, you don't panic as much. And so that's where I think any advisor adds value. It's not because we see market trends before anybody else does. Uh, I mean, obviously we want to stay in tune as possible, but we don't know what the future holds. And, and this, this year is a perfect case scenario for that. But having a plan, it keeps you on that path. It keeps you within your guardrails and it prevents you from doing things that could be extremely detrimental uh, short-term and long-term. Thank you, Rose, for the question uh, over in Birmingham. We appreciate that. 
If you ever have a question for Ryan, send it in to us. BlackOakAM.com is the website. We'd love to hear from you, and we'll try to do our best to answer any questions or concerns you might have about uh, any kind of financial planning topics. But always, I encourage you to reach out to Ryan directly, BlackOakAM.com, or over the phone, 470-508-0508. Set up a time to sit down and, and, and get your Retirement Coach 360 session in place and start building up a plan so you don't have to worry about the election and and really kind of see where you stand on these saving issues. But I thought it was a very overall, I thought it was a very interesting report, Ryan, and some good data to, to sift through. Yeah, I mean, for all us nerds out there, I love these types of studies, but it, it allows us to unpack it and then kind of make make sense of it all. So I, I do appreciate them doing these types of studies because it's a source that you can go to and it's not your own opinion, but then go to it and say, hey, here's here's what we're looking at. And this isn't, these aren't my words. This is a study from a very reputable company. Yeah. And thank you for helping us kind of make sense of it too. You know, we have to lean on the experts to, to tell us what this actually means and whether it's good or bad or, or whatever it is, but we appreciate that as well. So thanks for your time, Ryan. Um, again, if you haven't subscribed to Perfect Game Retirement, please do so. We would appreciate that as well. We have a new episode coming in just a couple more weeks. So we'll talk to you then. The Perfect Game Retirement Podcast is brought to you by Black Oak Asset Management, serving the greater Atlanta area with offices in Alpharetta, Cartersville, and Macon. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Perfect Game Retirement to find us. You can also visit blackoakam.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Ryan Ledden, and to learn more about how to pitch a perfect game in retirement. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Securities and registered investment advisory services offered through Silver Oak Securities, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Black Oak Asset Management and Silver Oak Securities, Inc. are not affiliated.